Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milberton, at Moscow Mush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number. We hope you all had a very Merry Christmas and, of course, enjoyed the football. A successful festive period. Since we last recorded, uh, we were coming off the back of a 3-1 win at Villa Park and that incredible 2-0 win at Stamford Bridge on Boxing Day and, of course, yesterday's draw with Crystal Palace on Saturday afternoon. Uh, we've got two guests joining us today. Uh, returning guest, Dan Rideout. And we look ahead to the Spurs game on Wednesday, is that right, New Year's Day? Joining us for that, we have Spurs fan Mickey White, uh, but of course we have the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. And he's actually right next to me, because he's visiting from Russia at the moment, so Kev, how the fuck are you? Yeah, I'm fucking grand. Um, a little <laughs> bit worse for wear after uh, yesterday, catching the match, uh, a few points before and after. Uh, but yeah, glad to be here in this uh, wonderful studio in Shoaling, <laughs> uh, alongside the, the mighty Ray. Excellent. Um, and our guest, Dan. Dan Rideout, how are you? Hello, how are you alright? Yeah, good. Nice Christmas? Yes, it was all good, thank you. Yeah, <coughs> how was yours? Oh yeah, you know, the usual. Oh yeah, my, my just uh, seeing family, doing the same same bits we do most years. So. 
Yeah. Very nice to be off work, though. Oh, yeah. When did you go back? Um, I went on, I went back on the Friday um, and then back tomorrow. Oh, see, I haven't been back but... yet. I'm, I'm not going back till tomorrow. So I've, I've been quite lucky this year. Actually, it's been the longest time I've had off. So. Very nice. In the whole of... Um, the first week of January is the public holiday in Russia, so um, I'm not going back until at least the 9th. That's amazing. But anyway, Kel, wow. how are you anyway? How's your how's your trip to the UK been? Yeah, it's been fantastic. We've managed to pack a lot in. We landed on Saturday just before the Villa match. Didn't <coughs> obviously get a chance to go and see that, but um, our good friend Mark did, and uh, what a match that was. But yeah, we spent the time over the weekend in London, a bit of sightseeing. Never been to the Tower of London before. Went in there. Um, yeah, Mrs. Mush and my brother-in-law, who are with me, both enjoyed themselves. Went to the RAF Museum in Hendon as well. Nice. That was very interesting. It's a lot of walking. I think walked about the equivalent of a marathon over that weekend. And then, uh, yeah. Work off that Christmas dinner. What? Well, <laughs> well, it's before Christmas, you see. So, yeah, obviously making a nice little space uh, for the Christmas festivities that follows, but just, yeah, with the family, had um, good old traditional Christmas dinner on Christmas Day, and then um, the leftovers made another dinner on Boxing Day, so I had two Christmas dinners, Wow! and um, yeah, since I've been to Southampton, I've had uh, English breakfast eats each morning, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> couple that up with the New Year's uh, spread that they're going to put on. And yes, I think I'm going to do have to do a lot of working out in January to <laughs> get rid of it all. Along with everyone. But yeah, we've had a great time in Southampton. Um, I've left um, Mrs. Mush to do a bit of shopping uh, for New Year's presents. And uh, yeah, to do this lovely and, podcast. And we had a poker tournament, didn't we? Our oh, annual we did. poker. Yeah, I've got the uh, Very nice. trophy so here right in front of us. Kevin won again. <laughs> Two years in a row. <clears throat> five overall, is that right? Quite possibly, although the um, engraved trophy that's got all of the winners on it uh, does only go up to 2009. So, uh, no, 2011, I think. 2011. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, I think we need to sort that out. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, yes, and, of course, yesterday, the the Palace game, we all we all went to that. We had a, a lovely meet-up. Mm. Um, so, oh. yeah, the, yesterday was it was fab. It was like we got to meet some great people. Oh, you know, it was, it was obviously great to see you, Kev. And and I and Marina, of course, and your brother-in-law Bogdan. It was great to see him again. Cause I haven't seen him since your wedding. And we got to see Mark and his wife. They were returning from from Massachusetts, so that was nice. Um, and we finally got to meet John Smith, who's been on the show mm. a couple of times. We got to meet him and have a chat, have a drink with him. You know what? I'm convinced that um, when I was just coming over the bridge, <coughs> I saw him um, and all yeah. of the cyclists. I thought it was him. Maybe it was. Yeah, it was just sort of riding over the Itchen Bridge. About. 12 afternoon. Maybe it was him. Mm. I, have to, I have to tweet him out. Um, and a shout out to Kurt and his wife, Alison, who come all the way over from Tampa, Florida. Sunny Tampa, Florida. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Um, and they come and met us um, at Standing Order yesterday before the game, had a drink with them, took them down to the stadium. And then they come pre-game, uh, sorry, post-game with us, didn't they, for another drink. Um, so yeah, if you're listening, yeah, it was really, really nice to meet you guys. Um, Hope you enjoyed Paris. Yeah, and after Paris, yeah, before they returned back home to Florida. So, yeah, had a great time. Just a shame we couldn't get the three points. It was, yeah. So, apologies, I couldn't meet you guys. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, it would have been better if you would have, uh, you would have joined us, of course. Okay, so, yeah, <coughs> got, we decided to make this a ceremonious occasion. Uh, maybe it could become a bit of a podcast tradition, but I do have a present for you, though. Yes, I'm looking forward to this, or should I be? Um, you can tell me once you've opened it. <laughs> okay, I'm just about to open it. Okay. 
a half season ticket. <laughs> is it? Is it, is it a half season ticket? Um, oh, it's maybe disappointing. Maybe it's a now. symbolic half season ticket to deal with one. Oh, it's a mouse. For all your editing needs. And a mouse mat for my editing needs. Oh, brilliant. And it says in that number pod on it. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. I really love that. And it's a red and white mouse as well. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's, it's red anyway. Thing to find, yeah. That's amazing. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> You're welcome. give you a hug now. <laughs> Thank you. So make all those long nights of editing a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah. Straight on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay. Signed by you, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is ITN in that number news. Okay, on to the ITN news. I don't, I, we don't really have a lot of news to discuss apart from the obviously the the games that have been coming thick and fast through the festive period. But the, the one bit of news that I do want to touch on is the amazing bit of news that Franny Benali has been given an MBE in the New Year's Honours. Did you hear about this one, Kev? Yeah, you told me about it. I did look at the newspaper the other morning and was looking at the New Year's Honours. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of at least indifferent towards most of the people who receive these honours. But, yeah, Franny Benali is just one step short of um, what the fans have been demanding. I'm still going to call him Sir Franny. Sir Franny, yeah. Mm. It's only a matter of time. But, yeah, congratulations. Well deserved. Good news. Oh, I did read. I did read an article the other day. I think in the Scottish or Celtic PayPal website about we put a twenty-five million pound price tag on Fraser Foster. Really? Did you see that? No. Twenty-five so million. <laughs> That's going to scare him off, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> eight million will probably scare him off. Yeah. Be straight off to China. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you seen China are going to put a wage cap? In? No. No. Have you seen that? Oh, forty-nine k a week. I think it is. Oh wow. As of as of every new contract that goes through, something I read yesterday. So all of the peop- all of the players that are currently on huge wages will end up leaving at the end of their contracts. Wow, I suppose that's pretty good news for world football, but just not for China. Yeah, hopefully the Premier League might um, follow suit. Follow suit with a little bit more than forty nine k, but. Could even things up a bit, couldn't it? Yes. The only other sort of news seems to be about Shane Long's contract, but um, I he's don't up in um, somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I actually did read something about um, Ralph just saying it's not a problem at the moment. They're not really discussing it, oh. but it does. There is there, there has to come a point where they will have to do something about it. I mean, what is he? Thirty-two now? Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, it'd be yeah, but he's, he's still one of the fittest players on the pitch, though. Sure, or yeah. like, I mean, does it? Uh, but is, is he's not getting regular football. I know he is at the moment. I mean, is it not worth giving him a one-year extension? Yeah, one, one, two years. You need, you need some. Sometimes you need the experience and the older players in the dressing room, not just get rid of it all. Just someone to, you know, that atmosphere in the dressing room. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, I mean we, we both love Shane Long, so I would love it if he stayed on again. But again, it really does depend on what they plan to do. In the summer, and especially with, with Shea Adams, because there was rumours about him going up to Nottingham Forest yeah, on loan. I know if that goes, then we are going to be short on strikers. But then, have they got money to play with to bring another striker in to replace him? And if so, what, where does that leave Shane Long? Yeah. So I guess it's just all up in the air still, isn't it? I'd stick another year in his contract if I was Ralph. Yeah, well, it's not up to Ralph, is it? But yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, well, he could demand it, can't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, Alan Pardew's got a new job. 
at yeah. uh, Den Haag in Holland. As as has David Moyes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, is that official? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. I think it is official. They stacked him like five months ago, didn't they? And, and getting him back. I don't know how how West Ham feel about that, but. Is this contract with United ended yet or not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's one of the yeah. one of those managers with several contracts on the go. Yeah, I think actually, I think Pardew's only just been paid off by Saints. Like last year or something. I don't know. I can't remember what his contract no, was. Yeah, that's ten years ago. Yeah, yeah he must have had a fifteen-year contract now in Saints. Do you think he's going to have a, a, a Dutch accent to Steve McLaren? Steve Yeah, being a very good match. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Letizier, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, so we go on to the Chelsea game from Boxing Day. A comfortable 2-0 win at Stamford Bridge. Coming off the back of a 3-1 away win at Aston Villa, which was, yeah, it was just amazing. Amazing festive period there up until the the Palace game. But So, yeah, I want to start off with the Chelsea game. I mean, I, I considered that Villa result to be the best of the season, you know, going into the Chelsea one, being three-one away from home, and it was it was you know as as comfortable and comprehensive as we can make it. And we as Saints fans, we don't do comfortable. So to, to go to Villa Park and win, you know, three-one, be three 0 up as well, and then obviously do our usual thing and conceding. But yeah, it was it, it just shows that things are starting to turn, things are starting to come together. And then we go, we go to Stamford Bridge. Um, I'm just going to go through the, through the 11 with you guys. Um, so we had McCarthy in goal, obviously. Uh, Cedric, Stevens, Bednarik and Bertrand at the back four, which seems to be a staple at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Armstrong coming in. James Ward-Prowse, Hoiberg and Redmond with Oberfemi and Adams up front. So, so Ings was rested. Long had an injured knee. Um, and in came Oberfemi and Adams. And I honestly thought we'd rest Ings for the Palace game and, you know, really have a go at Chelsea. But in fact, it was the other way around, and you know it, it paid off, didn't it? Uh, and it's fine to you know slate Ralph for his team selection, uh, but you know when it doesn't come off. At the same time, we need to give him credit when it does come off, and it did, you know, pretty dramatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. One of one of the key bits, I think, um, the last couple of games is keeping the same back four. Beginning of the season, if I'm not incorrect. We, we were swapping and changing centre-backs consistently, and now... Especially left-backs, yeah. <laughs> left back, yeah, and right-backs. But now, now we've got a consistent back four. They, they, yes, they've made mistakes here and there at home and so forth, but it's just ploughing through. It was it was a shock to see Danny Ings um, dropped, but to play two guys up top with a bit of pace, actually, it's, it's, it's caught them off guard maybe a little bit. Possibly, yeah. I mean, Oberfemi seems to come into his element around Christmas, doesn't he, last year? Scored against Huddersfield away um, around Christmas as well. Um, That's why we need to utilise the whole squad. He comes in and takes his chances. Yeah, he's Father Christmas, Michael Ho 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 Buffemi. But yeah, he wasn't even on the bench uh, in the game against Palace. So obviously, knackered himself out too much for this. Too much Christmas turkey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the bench on the, the Chelsea game. So we had Gunn, Yoshida, Vestergaard. Ings, Romeo, Buffal, and Danzo. Let, let, let's just let's just talk about the game quickly. We're, we're brief through this one because we've got another game to talk about. But um, let, let's be honest, it was quite a boring, slow game. It was a bit of a slow burner, fair to say. I mean, if you were to watch highlights, there wouldn't have been a lot up until the goal to really talk about. No keepers were really tested. Um, but we were doing the job on Chelsea, and we were you know frustrating them, not giving them anything, limiting uh, limiting their chances. 
and, and then we took ours when it came. Yeah, and from, from what you saw, because I mean, I've only really seen the highlights, uh, was it, I mean, we were quite good defensively um, in the lead up to that uh, Oberfemi goal. Yeah, like I said, it was a bit of a, it was a professional job on him. It looked like Ralph coming there with a game plan just to, you know, keep shape, frustrate and just limit Chelsea. And I cannot remember a shot on target from Chelsea, not even any corners. Possession, OK, yes, you expect them to have the possession at Stamford Bridge. But, I mean, like I said to you before, I mean, when we were talking about the Spurs game coming up, that teams that have a go at Saints, that try to attack Saints, we're happy with it. Yeah. It's when you get those ones like the Watford games, the Norwich games, and indeed the Palace one from yesterday, where nobody really wants to make a mistake, everyone sits back a little bit, and it doesn't really help Saints. But this one, I'm pretty sure Ralph had the game plan absolutely spot on. And it, as I say, it was working until that goal and the Oberfemi goal. Yeah, so, so from the highlights, the, the Oberfemi goal, I think it's Hoivier that plays the ball um, to Oberfemi, who takes it, cuts it in, past the central centre on the left and pings it straight in the top corner, which Very good looks play. like he took that with so much confidence, it's unreal. Yeah, and it was just a little turn, wasn't it? He got the ball, I think there was two, <coughs> two Chelsea defenders around him, he got the ball with his back to goal, quick little turn. Yeah. And instead of slipping it into, inside to Adams... He just goes, runs at the players, um, creates a little bit of space, left hand, left shot, sorry, right in the top corner. Yeah, um, left, left peg in the top, top corner. Yeah, he could quite easily have um, just yeah, it, uh, laid it over for Adams for a tap-in. Uh, it did look greedy from... I thought, oh no, he's going <laughs> to... Yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, you can be greedy if you can finish like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was Adams' run and, you know, and, and his pace up top that's... Change the defenders' thought process, and actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, so really good, and what one that's going to be up there for goal of the month? I think the second one might have something to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, as I said, like to you, Kev, that McCarthy had very, very little to do in that in that first half, especially. And the second half started, and I mean, I, I when I watched the game, so I watched it live on Boxing Day, and it said that Chelsea were playing five at the back at home, and I thought that was a bit weird, you know. So I don't know what they're trying to do there. Um, but the second half came and Chelsea made that change and Zuma came off and Mason Mount skate uh, <laughs> comes on and you know they abandoned that back three and to, to be fair to them it did look like they were starting to settle take control of the game uh, Tammy Abraham hit the side netting straight away I think in the early 50 minutes um, I, I like every Saints fan I imagine just thinks yeah that's it we've had our We've had our 45 minutes. Not going to get anything else out of this. But but then this is what I like about Ralph. I can never, I don't remember an occasion where Saints have been one up and they've sat on it, unless it's been very very late on because they always try and keep going for a second. You know what can happen. Yeah, and thank, let's just face it, Saints don't know how to shut up shop. They don't know how to protect the lead. So I guess it's the, the best form of defence is attack. And then. You know, the second goal who wants to talk me through the second goal uh, so the second goal uh, again for, I've only seen the highlights but the, the feedback I've had from um, other Saints fans that w- watched the whole game and I didn't get a chance is we, we played fantastic and the build up for the second goal was there was multiple um, passes put together mm. through the, throughout the team which is a fantastic play especially at, at Stafford Bridge um, and then the, the play from Stuart Armstrong as well up the top to set up the the goal was 
I thought, I thought was fantastic as Excellent, well. Yeah. He's, he's a he's a forward thinking player, and um, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, just not just. I mean, the goal from Redmond is like the finish from Redmond was brilliant, but not just yeah. him. The, the the build up, and I don't need to tell you how good that was. You know, you everyone can see it, and it's just it's pleasing because it's really not like Saints to score a goal like that. We don't see goals like that. I mean, how many times have we said that we we struggle for creativity? Um, yeah. And the only way that we can score is through, like, I don't know, set-piece, individual bit of brilliance from someone. Um, yeah, but that <laughs> wasn't, that was not, that was the whole team, um, despite, during that build-up, Hoiberg was the only person to pass backwards, but still, <laughs> it still went forward in the end. Uh, and nine times out of ten, you know that Redmond's going to send that into the stands, but... Yes, yeah, exactly. It's great to see, though, from, from, from the team, and it, it, it reflects the whole... We play better football away from home. Um, story of the season, really, so far. Um, but it's, it's fantastic to to see. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'm, for me, that's goal of the month. I'm going to put our polls up for the next <laughs> the next week's show. But for me, that's that's my vote. Amazing and Armstrong. Yeah, fucking love you. Mm. I was um I was I was a little bit surprised because I think they just come off the back of a loss to West Ham, a loss to Bournemouth, going into our game and I thought we were going to get a bit of backlash mm. but ultimately we've gone there and done the job and a very professional job as well so well, fair play very pleasing but there, I mean I don't know about you Dan but there's still that part of me that felt like that we couldn't hang on <laughs> is that just Always. me being a, just <laughs> a pessimistic Saints fan but no, we've well, been burned before you know I just and as I'm soon as we go one nil up I'm like oh here we go yeah, when is, right, it? Yeah. is it? Is it going to be ninety three or is it going to be? Yeah, just we could take bets on the minutes, couldn't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my I tried to. Uh, I haven't really had the internet. I've been uh, kind of cut off from the outside world, so uh, I spent the whole of Boxing Day looking forward to watching Match of the Day. And when it was on the third, I was like, oh, Jesus, this is going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> and then yeah, we score first. Like okay, I see which, which way this is going. But no, you can see it kept pushing on, pushing on. And uh, yeah, but but did you at any point, Kev, think that we were going to drop that from two 0 up? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's not. Just <coughs> yeah, because mm. I mean, we've seen it happened against uh, Arsenal that we were the better team and really threw away two points there. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely amazing. What the first clean sheet since what Sheffield United? <laughs> Sheffield United, yeah, the Gineppo goal, of course. Mm. Yeah, it's um, great that we it's, we went on to to push for a second, especially. Away from home, because you look at what we did at Newcastle, one nil up, playing some pretty good football, and then again towards the end we end up conceding t- two goals. Yeah, and don't get any points. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like the game plan that he had set up seemed to seemed to be perfect. Um, and yeah. that was it. You know, two, two nil, we hung on, and you know, clean sheet. Amazing. I never never expected that. I'm guessing nobody here did either. That was back to back away wins. Um, yep. <clears throat> and and Ralph said after the game that it was the best that he'd seen in his time, and I, I agree. I mean, you look back at the results that he's had since he's been here in the, in the what, 12, 13 months that he's been here. Is there anything better than that one? Obviously, the Pompey game. Yeah, I mean, that, that one. Good. I mean, right at the beginning of his reign, that win over Spurs where he came back and won it. Um, Arsenal win. I think this has got to rank up there. I'd probably put the, the Villa one up there just for the importance. I think if this is our season turning around, I think that is the crux point where it, it will, will turn around. <coughs> yeah. Because yeah, you've got to beat the teams 
around and specifically below you. So we've beaten Norwich, we've beaten Watford, we've beaten Villa. But I mean, all of those teams are picking up points against the bigger teams. So so away now becoming a lot more <laughs> difficult. Well, yeah, I mean, but yeah, that, that's a massive result, and I think. Um, yeah, add that to the game yesterday. We got seven points out of three matches at the end of the year. I think that's a, that's a really decent haul. Absolutely, yeah. Um, just an excellent team work there for that one. It just like worked hard together, executed the game plans to perfection, defended so well. And Jack Stevens again, brilliant, brilliant in the Villa yeah. game, brilliant in this game. Just I don't know what's happened to him. Jack fucking Stevens. I think we need to change his name to Jack. Fucking incredible Stevens or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. You want to keep? I just want to yeah, keep the keep the keep the swear <laughs> in there, but just change the intonation to make it a bit more complicated. Jack fucking Stevens. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll add that. <laughs> it's um, just I think it's just the consistency and he's grown a bit of confidence and yeah, you know we can we can build something at the back hopefully and go forwards with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to ask your man of the matches. I know this is pretty difficult for for, for Kevin because he was. You know, out of the loop with, without no internet or anything like that. But what I've seen, I think Redmond's his confidence has grown. Um, seems to be making more correct decisions. He's got a goal. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that hopefully should turn his season around because he's been a real disappointment. I thought that he'd come into this season even stronger, just like he did the season before. But it just he just felt, felt, felt a bit short of the mark. So yeah, hopefully. Uh, I'll give him a bit of clarity and we'll see a lot better from him yeah um, and, and Dan man of the match for you in the Chelsea game uh, yeah I'd, I'd agree I'd agree with that I haven't seen enough probably of the game to to um, say much more about the other players but yeah I'd agree with that ok well um, Jack fucking Stevens. Mm. I mean he needs a mention um, he, he's been so good and dare I say he's been crucial hasn't he um, these past few weeks but I'm going to give it to my boy Armstrong mm. yeah um, and I actually you know I think I'm going to credit Ben Stanfield here because he put it perfectly when he tweeted um, and he you know he summed it up better than, than I could um, How he just says how good has this guy been in the last couple of games he's waited patiently <laughs> professionally for his chance and then he made it count you know, the energy yeah. creativity and commitment in bundles and I just thought that summed it up and I, I, mean, I already had Armstrong in mind for me anyway but yeah so I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go Stuart Armstrong. So then we go into Crystal Palace. <coughs> Did you know that we haven't won our last game of a calendar year since 2010, and that was wow. a 4-1 win over Huddersfield in League One, um, and the last Premier League one was back in 2002, and that was 2-1 over Sunderland. So the last game of a calendar season. You're looking confused, Kevin. Yeah, or just uh, disappointed. Think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. <coughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's still the, the, it would still go on because we didn't win. Obviously, it was one-one uh, goal from Tompkins for Palace, and then of course who else? Danny Ings mm. with the equaliser. Starting eleven, then some eyebrows raised on this one. Uh, McCarthy, Cedric, <coughs> Stevens, Bednarik, and Bertrand keep their place. Buffal, Ward-Prowse, Hoiberg, Redmond in the middle, and then Adams and Ings. So two changes from the Chelsea game. Armstrong out, Oberfemi out. Ings and Buffal in and Gineppo making the bench was a bit of a surprise I don't think he was going to be ready until New Year's Day first thing that hit me with that side was that there was no striker on the bench and I said that to you in the pub didn't I that it was uh, and it seemed to me there was no plan B <coughs> we, we were kind of like set up to strike early you take a lead and then defend it and maybe bring, bring Romeo on to shore things up 
but you know it didn't quite go to plan. And how did you see that that team, Kev? Yeah, I mean it's kind of strange. I mean we know that because of the fixture congestion, we're quite congestion because <laughs> of the congestion? fixture congestion. Yeah, we're um, a little short on high quality players that we can rotate. So yeah, and we've got the unchanged defensive line. Um, so yeah, I mean there had to be some changes in in the midfield and up front. It's obviously saved things for this game. Um, not having watched the game, I'm not entirely, entirely sure that gambit paid off. Mm. Uh, but yeah, as you say, Janepo, uh, nice surprise to see him in there. Um, it's kind of crucial, really, in, in, in the game. What turned out to be, yeah. Yeah, um, a bit start, a lot of people have been uh, crying out for that. So, yeah, and, and Will Smallbone. Smallbone on the bench, on the bench yeah. yeah. That was a bit of a surprise. A very big surprise. Yeah, he has a habit of doing this around Christmas and just forgets them for the rest of the season. But yeah. And what about you, Dan? Did you, uh, were you any, any surprises for you on that <coughs> starting I'll 11 on the bench? Yeah, I was surprised not to see Armstrong. Um, but then again, you got to, you got to as, as you mentioned, think about resting players after playing two games in, in near enough three days. Um, it was good to see Buffal start but he didn't look match sharp mm-hmm. um, and then uh, no striker on the bench we, we picked that up uh, before the game as well but I guess you could class Gineppo as as that attacking sort of game changer when he comes on um, but yeah we, so. we, we kind of discussed the fact that if we were in the lead then Adams would come off around the 60-70 minute mark yeah Gineppo would come on form a five midfield or whatever and you know Letting stay up top and roam, um, or you know, as it turned out, Redmond that can just you know go th- go through the centre and then play it that way. Always you can always change the formation. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I run through the rest of the bench. Uh, it was Gunn, Yoshida, Vestergaard, Gineppo, Romeo, Armstrong, and of course Will Smallbone. But yeah, I mean, how did you see this one, Kev? Um, the first half it was slow, um, uninspiring. I, mean, the, the, I don't remember a shot on goal for the first half at all. Just kind of side and back way, backward passing from both sides. I don't think either of them could be bothered. They just look knackered, really, to be honest. Um, neither of them really need to really take a risk or, or push at all. And Ings, he, he was just a lonely figure. I mean, we we were sort of... Um, the you came around and said to me, Ings injured. He just seems to be hobbling. No, he just striding about the pitch because there's nothing I thought that about Buffer as well I thought I saw them both limping but this is just me I'm just a pessimist like oh my god he's injured <laughs> no he just got fuck all to do yeah but I mean it, it, you say that it was it was it was a bad start it could have been worse because oh yeah um, offside call the, the VAR yeah the, the Zaha incident um, Maya put the ball in the net but Zaha found it easy didn't he L- look, made it look easy just to go through and then slide it across but Dan, what did you think about that 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 decision, that VAR decision? <laughs> yeah, well, it was so hard. So his arm was offside. <laughs> his dreadlocks were offside. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, glad it's making the right sort of calls. I'm not the biggest VAR fan at all. Um, in the Premier League, it's kind of put me off watching a lot of football in the Premier League these days. But it saved us a couple of times. Um, it was a bit easy for Sahar to go through the defence. Um, at that stage, but um, you know, we we, we the first half I thought we th- not a lot did happen with regards to shots on goal. It was fairly boring, but I thought some of the midfield were getting quite stuck in um, and trying to show their presence, especially Wall Prowse and people oh, yeah. on Zaha. 
um, which was frustrating their players as well because uh, they were kicking the ball away in anger once or twice, uh, which I thought was really good from from our midfield to actually not just be pushed off the ball, um, especially against someone the size and, and build of Sahar, who's a fantastic player. Um, it's great though that it was called offside for us, but yeah, not a lot really happened. Yeah, and you mentioned that you know we were getting stuck in and tackling in the middle of the park like Ward Prowse was, and it's still still managing to get under the skin of Zaha. Well, on the away fence, whenever Prowse got the ball, were booing him. Well, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So Hoiberg got his like, shirt ripped off halfway through the first time. That was right at the start, wasn't yeah. it? That was like like three minutes in, the shirt was ripped. Yeah, to change his shirt, I forgot about that. Yeah, well yeah there wasn't that a challenge with Zaha and someone else, and it all sort of, they started to bundle into each other, then the referees sort of didn't do anything with it. And then Hoiberg's ripped his shirt. Yeah. And you're kind of thinking, the referee must kind of put two and two and go, okay, someone's grabbed his shirt and ripped it off his sort of, with force, and nothing was sort of done, no yellow cards were issued. Just no, no VAR check. Yeah. <laughs> no. But, I mean, I'm going to have to watch that again, because I couldn't, I, I didn't even have that in my notes, to be honest, but yeah, reminds. Um, and then, you know, the second half, goal came early on. Um, and what did I say to you, Kev? As they were lining up this free kick, I was like, this is it, this is the opening goal, isn't it? And, um, and it's never ever free kick, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was one from the training ground, wasn't it? Just a nice little chip in, and we were asleep, I guess, and Tompkins nods it into the top corner, 1-0. Tonks it in. Tonks it in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A nice one. But then, how did you see Saints' response, Kev? Fairly flat, really, until Gineppo came on. Hmm. Um, yeah, doing this little flame to flame arm man acts along along the wings there, and um, yeah, they they switched up uh, Bufal and Redmond um, a few times throughout the match to try and control Zaha, um, but not to not to real great effect. I mean, Bufal did have some um, some beautiful individual moments of flair, but yeah, when Gineppo came on, I think that that really swung the momentum in our favour because uh, yeah, he was just caused them an absolute riot absolutely yeah um, and I thought the goal I mean Palace were fucking about with it really weren't they just, um, <laughs> yeah, just a pointless back pass I mean, yeah was it to the keeper or was it they tried to <coughs> it was Kelly wasn't it um, and you know it was just faint pressure mm. just like pressuring the uh, the, the, the Palace defence it's a wayward back pass from Kelly mm. um, Ings, Ings it from a yeah <laughs> and he's not going to miss that is he um and you know, Saints have scored 24 goals this season, and Ings has got 12 of them. Mm. He's got the half. It's like, what, what would we do without him? It's, it's I mean, what, we, what we've been missing for um, two, three years now is an actual double-figure goal scorer. How we, how we survived without one for two, three years? Like, yeah. I don't know what we've done. Mane was the last player to do it. Was he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then we had, sort of, like Kev said, Dan, we had we had minutes. Where or moments rather that every single attack that we <coughs> had then it went to Gineppo he was causing the problems uh, and we got free kicks out of it <coughs> got, managed to get a book in didn't they um, got a few corners Ings had that chance from the corner which was a good save um, but that was it I mean past his free kick yeah that the, the oh, free yeah. kick that, that Gineppo caused with the yellow yeah um, just before that Gineppo had a crack and they both seemed to go for the same spot yeah. There's a couple of really good saves to keep Palace in it. Yeah, that, that Gineppo opportunity where he cut in from the left, took on about four players and then yeah. he made a cracking save 
that that could have been two one. But um, this is why I was I was more gutted than most at the end of the game. I think people were like, "Yeah, we'll settle for a point." And I get I, it. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. But I was more oh, points dropped here. Yeah, I would have taken a probably a draw before the game. Because I, I know Palace can be an awkward team to play against, especially with the pacey attack from Zaha. And actually, Palace have not lost a game uh, against the team in the bottom half this season. Wow. So they, they do the business down there. So I don't know why because. I mean, I don't know, we've probably not got any Palace fans listening, but I, I just thought they were boring. I thought as soon yeah, as they, they went one up, they <clears throat> didn't do anything. They didn't make any changes. Well, they made that one change towards the end, and they only made that because Gineppo came on. That's when they yeah. put um, Coyote on. Um, but Gine- I, Gineppo, I just I don't, don't think they had anything. I, when, they went a, when, it, when they went a goal up, it was seemed a bit flat. They had no intention to go and take the lead. Uh, to go and double the lead, they just you know sat back and were quite happy to take it. But then <coughs> I have listened to Hodgson's interview at the end of the game and said that he hasn't got the option to make these changes. All right. Um, but, you know, with the the, the, <coughs> the fixtures coming thick and fast, and then the recovery time, etc. So maybe that was you know a little bit harsh on him there. But and I just think we could have got so much more out of it, especially the way that Gineppo was changing the game. Yeah. So there was that part of me that was disappointed that we didn't get all three. And, you know, what a Christmas that would have been. Yeah, I think I, you can compare <coughs> it to the West Ham match where we had the last 30 minutes and we were just giving it everything and we, sh- we should have got a lot more out of it. And I suppose at least with this match we did get the point. Um, yeah, that poached goal from Ings. But you, you feel with those kind of attacks <coughs> something, something should have come <coughs> with it. But, yeah, it didn't against West Ham and did here, so I suppose that's a positive. But, yeah, Crystal Palace are just a, a really boring side. I remember hmm. it was the nil-nil against Watford and Hodgson came out of the match and, um, well, not in these exact words, but said, well, what the fuck do you explain? <laughs> They're knackers. Uh, yeah. um, it would have been no, better if he did say it like that. They've only got 11 <laughs> players and they, you know, <coughs> they're all fucking knackers. So. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they, they just come... <laughs> they, they just come straight off of a, a win against uh, West Ham. So, yeah, no, I think... And they, and they were, they were tired. They, they weren't particularly inspired. So do you, do you see this Kev as a as a point gained? Uh, no, I think I'd see it as two points lost because um, if you can contain Zaha, then there's not really any problems. And uh, when Gineppo came on, I think did that. If if, if he'd have come on early, stick him on at half time, maybe it could have been different games. <coughs> but yeah, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And you, Dan? Point? Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree. Uh, Gineppo is such a fantastic injection of pace and energy. Um, and, it, and, and to be fair, when, when Buffal came off, I think for Armstrong, I thought Armstrong did well again up top, um, just forward thinking sort of player. But Gineppo is fantastic, and he seems to do everything right. Whereas sometimes Redmond will run up, and then he Redmond will sometimes stop the play and pause it, and maybe turn back or try to step Yeah, yeah. Whereas Gineppo will just take that pace, at the defender, and then he skipped one, he skips two, and then the ball's across, he's, or he's had a shot, and it's just. It's such a nice breath of fresh air sometimes. Youthful enthusiasm, I think, isn't it? Just naivety, maybe. Just, <coughs> I'm going to have a go. You're not scared. Yeah. yeah. I think it's probably good to keep um, Buffo and Gineppo on the bench because <coughs> I mean, whenever they seem to start, they do fall flat. But when they're, you know, Yeah, you were discussing blocks. that at the end of the game, actually, yeah. and said that Buffo... I mean, he has started a, cu- a couple of games just as we come back from injury, though, mm. and he did look a bit, you know, alone, isolated out there. And... <laughs> Buffel didn't have the greatest game like you said Dan because he was a bit you know probably wasn't match fit yet but it just adds the fuel to the fact that people think he is just an impact player 
maybe that's what he is and maybe that's what Gineppo is <coughs> because it certainly works yesterday. I mean, you've got a tired Palace defence that's working hard. You get, you know, Bufo, what did he come on, the 63rd <coughs> minute or something like that, was it, that he come on? Mm. Um, yeah. And running at a tired defence like that, it's the weapon. It's, it's, it's great. We've got, we've got pace and, and speed and Gineppo, Bufal, Long, Redmond and Adams as such. I mean, take out Danny Ings because he, he runs his heart out but that sort of pace that we can bring on just to, when the defences are tired is great it's a great option for us to have yeah um, man of the match I really enjoyed Prowse's game I think I think he held together well um, his set pieces in that match they were wonderful that free kick was, was, was going straight in and <coughs> yeah he just seems to come into his own element um, against Palace and didn't cause as much <laughs> problems with sendings off as uh, last season but yeah, I think you definitely enjoy yourself and I enjoyed watching him. Um, I'll go and say, well, I mean, Gineppo came on in the 63rd minute, so and he turned the game on its head, I think. He made it, made it well, he gave, it gave me hope, just mm. full of energy. Uh, you had the hope that we could go on and make it three points. Mm. Um, and as I said, every break that we had was switched down to the left side just so we could get an attack in. But I do think it's unfair to hand a man of the match because he was only there for a short period of time. So... Uh, I'm going to give it to Prousey mm. also, Kevin, because of the you know the 90 plus minutes that he put in yesterday. I thought he was great. I thought mm. he was um, he done everything you expect a central midfielder to do. You know, apart from sticking in that free kick. You know, he he broke up a couple of Palace breaks um, and he had a hand to wind up <coughs> when necessary. Um, you know, and, and if he's one of those players, mm. that, you know, if Ralph gave the order, he'd crawl on his belly across broken glass with his flies unzipped. <laughs> I think he would, so I'm going to have to give it to, to Prousey. I think that Christmas party got out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd, 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 I'd agree with that. First half, I'm, I'm not the hands up. I'm not the biggest War Prowse fan all the time, but he he was solid first half, getting stuck into challenges, and I thought he put in a, a great effort yesterday. Good for your rounds then. Joining us to talk Tottenham with us, we have a very special guest, and I'm pleased to say a good friend, Mickey White. Mickey, how are you, sir? Hello, mate. I'm all right. How are you? Very, very well. Good stuff. Good stuff. And, of course, you know Dan. Hi, mate. Hello, Dan. <laughs> and Kevin. Hello. <laughs> so, we are all here. Um, I just want to start off by saying, Mickey, that I remember when you had me and Dan stay at yours, and you took us to White Hart Lane. That's um, right, yeah, good weekend that, wasn't it? It was, it was a great weekend. Um, but we were we were sat in the home end, watching you Spurs, and that was the game that Gareth Bale scored in the last minute, and me and Dan had to sit there like, oh, yeah, well... Yeah, yeah I remember that, yeah, you, it, was, it was a 1-0, wasn't it, and he got the only goal, yeah, so yeah, that was a, it was, yeah, as I said, mate, a great weekend for all. <laughs> great weekend. Eight, yeah, eight, yeah we, we played really well. 89th minute, me and Ray have to stand up and slowly clap. Garibaldi yeah. banging in a worldie against us. Yeah, yeah, I did appreciate that because otherwise my dad would have lost his season ticket. So I do appreciate you getting up and clapping. Thanks for that, boys. Yeah, <laughs> Thank but yeah, it's um, it's great to talk to you again. I've missed you, mate. Yeah, no, it's, it's been too long. I've got to get a little trip down to the south coast or it It's been it's been too long, man. It's been too long. Yeah, you, you, of course you've been down there before, haven't you? I think we popped down there for the weekend out with the other couple, didn't we? Old uh, Henners and Jenners had a good weekend with them. That's cool, man. Yeah, it was cool. We'll sort something out again soon. We'll definitely sort something out again. 
definitely. And I just want to say as well, you're um you're super six this year. You've been killing it. Uh, yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how for the life of me. I've had a, I had a good start. I think that's what helped. I had a good start, but I've been I've been shocking lately. I'm in two leagues. I don't know how. I've, I've, I've obviously dropped off the third in your league, and I was top of my other league at work. And now I'm about. I was. I think I was like 30, 40 points clear. Now it's down to about five. Yeah, I've had Just a bad, so, bad period. I've had a bad run, mate. And a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago, you even said yourself it was the first time you sort of outscored me. And mm. it's been acting on every week, I think, since. So we'll see. You know, halfway through the season, we'll see how we get on. Yeah. So you're the mysterious Tony Randall, then? <laughs> yeah, a.k.a. Tony Randall. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's it, yeah. Um, <laughs> right, let's talk Spurs. Uh, before right. we talk the game, uh, I just want to know how you feel about the loss of Pochettino and the appointment of, well, Jose, the special one. Well, I was obviously gutted when he when he left. I mean, when you got the news sort of like was coming through, filtering through on social media, and you're getting texts from friends and stuff, and you're sort of going, nah, nah, nah. I mean, I can understand because of the start to the season we had, but I mean, you look at he was there five and a half years. I think his first full year, we was there with third, second, third, fourth, Champions League final. You know, I remember, I mean, the funny thing is that he didn't have a great start when he joined. I think I remember talking to you when he first joined and I said, look, give him talk Christmas because he had a bad start. And I think it was sort of, touch and go with him would even stay past Christmas like five years ago. But he, he'd come on and he'd come on a bundle. And he, he yeah, he's our longest, it's a weird statistic, but he's our longest serving Premiership manager. Wow. That's what I mean. I couldn't. He, he surpassed that when he was there about three. I think Redknapp was there about three and a half years, and he was our longest before that. So I know other, you know, a lot of other teams. I thought Redknapp would have been there a bit longer. No, he, yeah, I think Redknapp was there three and a half years. He, wow. he replaced Randall, didn't he? And halfway through a season, and then done three full seasons. And then we had one or two in between. I think Sherwood come in, Villas Boas come in, and then we had them. Um, Obviously, Poch come in, but yeah, I was sceptical at first because he had no real proven record. Then he just come along and he just he fitted in nicely. He kind of like fitted the team. He fitted the, the ethos of the club, which you know he got. He wanted to get back to that hard working, you know, ninety minute of sheer pace. Spurs have been always a very entertaining team. It's, it's, it's in their it's in their it's in their DNA, and then um, he wanted to get back to that. And I think that's what every, I don't know a single Spurs fan that didn't love the geezer or, and wasn't upset when he left. Same here, same here. No, I bet you was like, you know, and I, you know, I, I wish nothing but the best for him. He's obviously he's a legend down the lane. There is not a single person with a bad word to say about him. His training methods, all the, all the you know, you read a lot in the media about the, the, the odd player says this, that and the other. Well, who? Come out and say it. And if you're, if you're that person, you know, a, a source tells me, no, just tell them the source is. You know, you can't read a lot of the time what you, you, you read in the, well, obviously, reading the papers. But then getting the special one and you think to yourself, well, we, Poch got sacked on like the Wednesday and Mourinho was in on the Thursday. Now, you don't get Mourinho overnight. You know that as well as I do. Mm. So that's, that's been going on for a while. And how long before this did Poch know he was going to go? And when did they contact Mourinho? What made him contact Mourinho? I mean, I've got no problem with Mourinho. I mean, again, his track record speaks for itself. He's... Although he's been around the block a few times, he's a journeyman, but you don't get Pochettino being a journeyman managing Sunderland or West Ham or, you know, he, he's, you know, Real Madrid, in Milan, you know, Man United, the three biggest clubs in the world, you know, it's not just going to, why Ancelotti went to Everton, I'll never know. But mm-hmm. them sort of blokes, they go to the big clubs, 
and they they bring the big names to the big clubs and they get the you know. So his track record speaks for itself. I think it was ten years ago Spurs won their last trophy, two thousand and eight. We beat uh, Chelsea in the, in the I think it was the Carling Cup then. Yeah. And that's our last trophy yeah. ten years ago. And in that same space of time, Mourinho's won ten trophies. Yeah, that's... We, we, so, it's not as if he's bounced about minuscule clubs like your David Moyes, your Allardyce's, your Kerbishmies, your McLarens. He's not one of them. He's, he's been about the block, but he goes to the big clubs and he, he, he only wants to go to the big clubs because he can afford to be picky. True. So, getting him down the, the line, I think, is a bit of a coup. But, I don't know. You know, it's not been that great act to start with. But we'll see, we'll see. Or do you think he turned it around already? Not judging by the last couple of you know uh, performances. I was at the Chelsea game um, on when was it last Sunday, and it, we never showed up. I don't know what he was playing there. Just didn't show up, and yeah, I was at the Brighton game as well on Boxing Day, and again it was sort of like it, it took us to go a goal down for half time to come along for us to go sort of like what is going on so whether he, he can turn you can only turn a certain amount around because you're still he's, he's not got any extra players I mean you know you can see it in the sort of like interviews you have with players and stuff like that that him being there is, is a bit of a, a coup for them just the players themselves to play underneath him but as for whether or not sorry mate um, yeah, do, do you think that um, he's getting the best out of um, the play, some of the players that Poch wasn't. I think he's getting the best for them, but some of them have been on that same level. You know, I think he's he's definitely got the he's, he's definitely is Adeli is definitely playing a bit better. You can tell. It's just you know he, he had that first two seasons with Spurs where he was just he was the hottest bit of property on the planet. He was just like he was everywhere. He was like shit in the field. He was absolutely everywhere. <laughs> but then you've got then the last season he he fell off the. I don't know if he believed his own hype or not too much and fell off the boil a bit and he got a bit got to handle the potch you know since uh, Jose's come in he's a different player I think he's scored what, two or three goals he's been there or thereabouts in everything he's been everywhere you know and, you know he's, he's definitely making him play better I mean other players just have been on the side your Sunnies and your Canes have been the same level since the day they joined but I think he's, he's brought Mora out a bit more as well. Mora is just is working his little socks off the little guy, you know. And he's, he's really running about, and I think they sort of want to play for him, and they know whether or not Mourinho has promised them anything. Said like, you know, I'll promise you we'll win the trophy, but we've got to work for it and all that. But it seems as though the players now have got that bit more edge in them. I mean, it, it, how long has he been there? It's just, Toby's been in negotiations, or has been in negotiations for what, a year and a half? Mm. All of a sudden, Mourinho's in five minutes and he's signed a new contract. Mm. Oh, I didn't know he's, one, know he's one of the players that, that Mauricio clearly didn't see eye to eye with then. Well, there, there, there might be two of them players. I mean, because, you know, Vertonghen's still not done, he hasn't still signed a contract. There's still one or two of us sort of hold. Ericsson's a big name who's not signed a contract yet, but. Mm. You know, Mourinho's kind of saying, no, 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 we can have some of this. Maybe not this year, but we've still the Champions League. We can still get into the Champions League next year by by um, uh, league position. If we finish with the top three, forget it. You're not catching them top three, I don't think. So we get that fourth place because it's not as if we're playing, everyone's playing bad. You know, Chelsea are losing. You know, Man United keep losing. No, I don't want to start about Arsenal. You know, it's, it, the fourth is asked to lose, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. 
Well, and, it, and unfortunately, we are beginning to lose it by, you know, unfortunately, not nothing against Norwich. You know, they're doing, you know, they're doing all right, but we shouldn't be losing, drawing at Norwich. You know, we shouldn't be sort of barely scraping a two-one at home to Brighton. No disrespect to any sort of clubs, but if you sort of if you're top four in Champions League every year, you shouldn't be struggling against clubs that maybe ain't. You know what I mean? Just up there with you, the middle of the table, the, the bouncer up and down each year, you know? So, I mean, who's been the player that's been consistently good under both managers like so far this season, every match? Every, well, Harry has been, you know, he, 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 just, he just doesn't stop. He just Can't doesn't stop. stop. I mean, I was, mm. you know, he just, it's ridiculous. I mean, he even popped in yesterday and got a goal. That was a penalty, but, you know, he's still, he's still popping him in there. It's something like 136 Premier League goals in 200 Premier League games. I mean, that's... Wow. I know. That's some record. Of course it is. The, the funny thing is, though, is that you, you, you never hear of any team wanting him. Which is quite weird, like, you know, come to the transfer window, oh, you know, Real oh, Madrid are ready to take him. They, they can want him, but they can fucking have him, I can tell you that. Thanks for him, mate. You get all these, these rumours and these numbers being slung about the papers, 150 million for him and 150 million for that. And, but you never see Harry Kane in shock move to potential Man U or potentially to Real Madrid. I don't know why there's never any rumours about him. And I, I, I really sort of like, it's really weird considering he's banging in 30 goals a season, consistently. I think it's only something like Messi who scored more goals for club and country this calendar year. You know, it's like 50 goals I think Messi scored and I think Kane's on like 40-something. Yeah, only long Messi is beating now, you've got to be doing something right. Yeah. Um, on the flip side of that, is there anybody that's like underperformed for you this season? Yeah, when you see his name on the team sheet, you're just like, oh, fucking hell, not again. I, I like to see his name on the team sheet. He's Ericsson. But then I see what he does and I just go, I shouldn't have said, I shouldn't have fancied that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, he's either, like, yeah, in the last season, so far this season, he's not had a good one. He, he, his free kicks, I mean, apart from yesterday, that was a bit extreme. That was a yesterday, yeah. Well, worldy yesterday, wasn't it? We won't, we won't bring in to play the old deflection. Uh, so we'll, we'll just we'll slide over that. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 um, yeah, he's the first man on a corner or a free kick, and he just looks tired. I was at the Brighton game, and Ken looked knackered. By the 85th minute, you can tell his legs were heavy. He had a bit too much turkey the day before. He wasn't. He just kind of didn't fancy it. But he was still running up and down like he was on Duracell. You know, it was just <laughs> unbelievable. It was. But yeah, everything. There's him. There's Dyer's missing something. Dyer's not the sort of player he was. He's there's something missing from his game. Whereas before, he would be the. Um, he was almost to me like the Patrick Vieira, the one who was stonking in there, winding players up, the Stefan Freund sort of player, you know? Mm. Really winding the team up and just getting stuck in and bossing that sort of just behind the midfield kind of thing. But again, he's missing something. I don't know if midfield's missing something, but it shouldn't be that with the, the name we've got across that middle of the park, we shouldn't be... I shouldn't even be saying the midfielders' names that are underperforming. You know, I should be saying the back four are underperforming. You know, but it's just how it is. It really is. Does Jose play Dyer much? In his first game, didn't he give a de- 
was the first game of the first start of the season to Dyer? Something like Jose's son used to be the youth team coach back in Portugal when Dyer was in Portugal. So Dyer knows Jose from years ago. Anyway, there's some sort of connection there with old with Porto when they were both sort of there. He was a kid and he was the manager. But he hasn't played in much. And I think a few players have kind of fell out of favour since Mourinho's come in. He's not playing... I, I don't think they've played sort of like Sissoko as much. And um, I know there's a couple of injuries and stuff, but I think he's trying to whittle out who wants to actually play for him. And that's what it is. Who's that bit of that bit of hunger, that bit of... That, that, that big set of bollocks, basically, that he can have playing for him. If you've ever got a big set of bollocks, there's no point in playing for a team like Tottenham, as far as I'm concerned. No point in playing for any team. Go and get a warehouse job. You know, <laughs> if, you, if you don't want to give it all your all, you've got 150 grand a week, but you know, you've got millions of people watching now. You know, you've got the expectation of a whole you know, city or borough on you, and you're, you're very privileged to be in that position you are. So, you know, you, you've got to want to play for it, otherwise you can go and play for Sunderland. You can go and play for Borough or <laughs> Southampton. Speaking of no bollocks, um, <laughs> yeah. are there any weaknesses that we can exploit in your team, do you reckon? I'm not saying a word, mate. We're, we're as strong as ever we are. <laughs> no, I think the defence... Because we've only... We've, we've, I think we've only kept one clean sheet under Reno. If you watch Saints, but we don't keep clean sheets, so you ain't got to worry about that. This is why, to me, Wednesday's games, to me, Wednesday's games got draw written over it, you know, a four all draw or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) We have not kept the clean, we had one clean sheet, and that was against Burnley when we beat them 5 0. That was the only sort of, that was the only clean sheet we've kept since Mourinho's taken charge. We've conceded two against West Ham. We've conceded like two against Norwich. We've conceded against Brighton. We Chelsea at home. You know when Chelsea are sort of like spanking us at White Hart Lane, but then losing to yourselves. There's a few days later at Stamford Bridge. You, you have got you have got Gazaniga in goal, haven't you? No calamity, Jesus! I was at the, the, the game where he, you know, karate kicked what's his <laughs> name off the pitch. Where he could he could have just caught that, but there was a way he didn't just catch. It was harder to kick it than it was to catch it. What was he thinking? Christ almighty, he got Daniel Russo from the Karate Kid, wasn't he? <laughs> I thought Mr Miyagi was going to pop out and give him an orange at half time. Christ <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you, you get past our... I mean, he's all right. And, you know, Hugo's off sort of start of the new, early part of the new year, I think, because of his elbow. Yeah. But on his day, Gazaniga's all right. But he just... That's silly things. That's silly. We couldn't, you know, yesterday couldn't be helped the own goal. That was just like ping pong. That was just going off everyone. But, you know, he, he, he kept us in against Wolves, I think it was. And he, he kept us in a few games. And I think he was lucky not to get sent off, which would have put us in real trouble if he would have got sent off against the, at the Chelsea game. Because, in my opinion, he should have got sent off. You know? It was lucky to get a yellow. Um, do you think the, the new stadium is hurting you, like, financially? Is it, uh, they made it clear that there's going to be any funds available for you? I don't think it's hurt us because we're not a skint club. We're, you know, let's be honest, we've, it's not, we're not a, we don't chuck money away, but we don't, sort of, we don't buy for the sake of it, but we don't say... I've never heard Spurs say once we haven't got the funds available. I've never heard them say that. You know, I know the new stadium cost them a billion pounds and all that, but 
as I said, I've been at games, you know, there's 60,000 people there all having a good drink and a good beer. They've taken a couple of million pounds a game easily. They've got NFL games there. They've got, you know, there is funds in that Enoch pop. You know, we, you know, we spent 60-odd million pounds on them, on them, Don Bele, and 25 million pounds on Sessignon. So the money is there. Whether there was snap to see it, although I think Don Bele's a great player. Mm, I do, I you like know, him. He's great. He, he just, he's as hard as that. He reminds me of a... a uh, Moussa Dembele just yeah. that midfield and you can't get the ball off him you just cannot get the ball off him you just don't even try it. let him do his thing and just, just wait until he's finished the, we have there is money there but to be honest I don't think we needed to buy players you get to 2-3 in the league and you get to the Champions League final getting new players in to me just upset it a little bit so I'm looking forward to the match on New Year's Day then so what sort of game do you think we can expect from Spurs well, I can see Spurs doing another Leicester on you lot, basically. To be fair, it's, it, as a, your, your home form ain't great, just as our away form ain't great. I think up until yesterday, we've, we've both won only two. Uh, we've won two away, you've won two at home. Mm. You know, lost six at, at home. We, we've, you know, we've lost four. It's got draw written all over it in my note. In my, you know, you have 24 goals against it, or 26, uh, 25 now, because of yesterday. You know, it's, it's, it's just, to me, it's got draw written all over it because of the fact that, and our only two away wins have come under Jose, away, away at Wolves. There are only two away wins this season. So I know, but I think it's, you know, if you've played away, played against Chelsea, compared to how we played against Chelsea, then you'll slaughter us, but I think it will be, I think it will be a draw, you know. It's, I'll, it's, I'll take a draw, personally. I will as well. So I, I, so I, but there'll be goals, there'll be goals. You know, we're conceding, you know, we're, we're sporting and conceding. We're, you know, we're in two, there's two, three, four goals a game, whether it be, you know, three, one, two, goals, whatever. There's goals in every game we're playing now. So we've not had a one-nil, I don't think. I think the closest to that is a two-one, maybe. You know, there's, there's not... There's goals in every game. So we've not kept a clean sheet, so there is definitely going to be goals there. You're scoring, you know, every now and you're popping up now and again with a goal, and but you're conceding as well. So mm. there definitely be goals without a doubt, without a doubt. So who from our side are you worried about most? Mostly, well, I've, I've always thought Redmond was all right. He's good at, you know, he, he can as of last season. He was, I think um, JWP, mm. you know, the Wall Prowse. He's always been for me a little better. You remember him from no. last season, then? I do. That's the thing. I think he, he had a great game against Chelsea, didn't he? As well, I read. So yeah, yeah. He he can just. I think he can, he could be the turning point because I think if we, if, as I said about the midfield, if our midfield ain't on tune, he can exploit it. You know, and Ings is back. You know, he scored the other day as well, didn't he, Danny Ings? Yeah, Danny Ings um, has been banging him in for fun. Yeah. That's the thing at the moment. I think. It, it, Liverpool, although he was injured, I think Liverpool ruined him. To forget the injury, he would never put on the field at Liverpool. Mm. But when he comes to, and wants to play and he's playing, Ings is a dangerous player as well. And he, if, if Ward-Prowse can exploit our midfield, then Ings can easily exploit our back four. You know what I mean? So it's Yeah, he only has half a chance at the moment and he's tucking him away. Oh, no. Any, any that, mistake, that's it. Well, that's... And unfortunately, we 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 just make mistakes for fun at the back now. Do you know what I mean? And it's a bit, you know, we going forward we're scoring. I mean, we can score goals. I mean, we can score good. Goals. I mean, remember Sunny's goal against Burnley? Oh, mm. fucking! You know what I mean? Oh well. Yeah. I mean, I said 
if, if the ball would have been down the other end of Tottenham High Road, he would have carried on running to score. <laughs> he was like Forrest Gump, wasn't he? He would have stopped running. He's the South Korean Forrest Gump. He kept going and going and he wouldn't have stopped. So we can score them, but unfortunately we can also let them in, which is the, which is the worrying thing about it. I think he's concentrating too much on um, attack because he's playing Mora, Ali, Sun and Kane all together. You know, you, you, the amount of times Sunny and Kane played together last season, I can probably count on one end. So he's definitely attack-minded. You know, they call it Mask, M-A-S-K, Mora, Ali, Sun, Kane. So they, they, he's definitely pushing them on. No, it's funny, obviously, at the moment. You know, he's he's uh, suspended, but he's more attack-minded than he's defence-minded, and I think it's it's exploiting a lot. And the likes of Ings... Always been that way. Us, well, yeah, they'll, they'll, they're sort of playing into their hands, really, aren't they? Hmm. Is, um, yeah. is, is Son suspended for our game? Yeah, he's out. Yeah, he's out. They're going to appealed, but the, the, the appeal got turned down. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've got no Sonny, which is a shame, because I think it, it'd have a... He, he's, yeah, it's a shame, that, yeah. It is, yeah. For you, it's a great bonus he's not playing, to be honest with you, but he's just a great player, and he's the one, other one who gives 100% all the time, and he just doesn't stop running. He's, he's on... He, you know, he's, he's a Duracell bunny, he just doesn't stop. <laughs> so, can I trouble you for a score prediction? You said you think it's going to be a draw. Um, I think... Yeah, I think there'll be, there'll be goals... There will be definitely goals. I think he's got a draw written all over it, but I'm obviously going to have to, you know, go for a Spurs win, and I'm going to put it down at 3 1 Spurs. <laughs> Sounds oh. nothing like a draw. <laughs> no, hey, but, uh, this is what I mean. I think he's got, he has got a draw written on it. it to me, if, you know, but I can't, I'm not going to say draw. I'm going to say Spurs 3 1. Maybe even 3 2, because there'll be, there'll be goals in I think. No, I think we're legit. I think we're just legit. And yeah. you, Dan? Can I get a prediction from you? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, again, I'd, I'd take a draw. However, I think that uh, Spurs will win it 2-1. And that's, if they'd have beat Norwich comfortably, I think we'd have had a better chance. And I don't know what our history is against Mourinho, but after they drew 2-2 with Norwich, I think we'll sort of see a little bit of a backlash as well. 2-1. I'm backing, I'm right with you there, Dan. I think two one Spurs also. I just I just think that Saints are uh, yeah, as Mickey said, we're struggling at home. Not scoring a lot of goals at home again, so and you know, yeah, say Spurs aren't exactly playing great at the moment. I watched them yesterday against Norwich. We both did, didn't we care if we sat there and watched them for a bit and yeah. yeah, I I think it's gonna be a close one. I think uh, Saints will pull one back, but then ultimately Spurs will edge it towards the end. What about you, Kevin? What are you I going for? I don't even see us putting one back, I think, 2-0. Um, 2-0 two nil. Two nil Spurs? Yeah. <coughs> nice. So, yeah, Spurs wins all round, then. Brilliant. Um, right, we've got three <laughs> questions for you. Uh, oh, wait, was it four questions for you today? Yeah. Um, do you want to start, Kev? Yeah, sure. OK, so if you could pick one Saints player to put into the current Spurs team, who would you take and why? I would take Ward-Prowse. Hmm. I think, you know, if... You look at him and Harry Winks, they're the same kind of... You look at their backgrounds, both youth, all the way through the ranks. You know, they're playing for under England, under-17s, 18s, all the way to the first team. They've both got very similar kind of, like, backgrounds in career-wise. And I think they're both young, very, very hungry Englishmen, English midfielders. You just want to, you know, just want to be 
suck in all the time and create and just be, be that sort of that creative midfielder. And I think if I could probably take one player, it would be him. For the simple fact, I'd love to see him play alongside Harry Winks. Nice. Um, OK, would you rather wear an Arsenal shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house every day for ten? Can I die? Is there a death an option <laughs> in there somewhere? <laughs> um, yeah, but um, then you'd come back as a ghost haunting the house for like yeah. the Arsenal legends. Arsenal is your... Uh, Butler. <laughs> Butler. That's kind of like asking me what do I want more, gonorrhea or syphilis? <laughs> I think what I'd probably do, oh, I don't know. I'd have to, I don't like ghosts, so I'd have to wear the Arsenal shirt. I'm like, oh, I just threw up, sorry, that's where the Arsenal shirt. Was not expecting that, Mickey. Disappointing. Yeah, I've no, no. You should have been another option, like, I don't know, drink a cup of vomit or something. I don't know, I'd have done that, but not the <laughs> shirt. Just suck off Mesut Ozil. <laughs> nah, nah. I'll, I'll wear a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll all right. wear a shirt. Um, so, would you rather be twice the height of Peter Crouch or half the height of Lionel Messi? It'd be fun to the but being a midget, you, you know, you get, you get a lot of attention being a midget, didn't you? Because you, then what it, it does is it makes your schlong look massive. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'd be half the height of Messi with a humongous penis. <laughs> Tripod, right, yeah. Um, <laughs> lastly, are there any favourite Spurs fan chants that you have? And actually, I wanted to um, ask you, what the fuck is the deal with that uh, when the Spurs go marching in? Because that's the complete... Get your own song. Yeah. Now we thought of that first. That was cool. our when one. When the Saints go no, marching no, in. No, that I think Louis Armstrong that called it in the 30s, time. didn't he? We've been around long now, it's ours. Um, the, the one I do like, and it's been going up for a couple of years, is about Ali. And it's to the tune of 80 Breaky Heart by uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, everyone's got it. Goes, oh, we yeah, yeah. got the Daily Ali. I just don't think you understand. He only costs five mil. He's better than Brazil. <laughs> We've got Daily Ali. So I, I do like that one. Nice. Great. Well, <laughs> that's, the to all of us. that's brilliant. Yeah, I think that's about it. Unless there's anything you want to ask, Dan? No, 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 not Oh, oh, excellent, awesome. I wish you a happy new year, Mesh. Yeah, happy yeah. new year. Happy all new the year. best chats. Hope the rest of your show goes good. Yep. Yeah, you just ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. Now, anytime you want me to ruin your show, just give me a shout. Yeah. <laughs> no Amazing. Oh, oh, Mickey. Actually, what do you think you're going to finish in the league? Fourth. Is that what you're going with? I'm gonna, yeah, the top three are, are gone. Forget the yeah. top three. I don't think you'll catch a top three. So if we can nick that Champions, if we can nick that last Champions League, that'll be happy. I'll be happy with fourth. And do, and do you think Jose will win you a cup, like the FA Cup this year or something next year? I think there'll be, yeah, he'll win us a cup. He, he's, you know, I don't think he's been anywhere about winning something. Yeah, you know, he, he even even knocked out a couple of cups at Man U, didn't he? He's only there like two years, so he, he won three trophies there or something. So yeah. even, you know, I'll take I'll take a cup because as I said, we haven't won one in ten years, and the, the, the cabinet's looking a bit dusty. <laughs> cool, brilliant. Thanks very much, Mickey. Best no worries, mate. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Yeah. It's, yes, yeah, you too, time. mate. Yeah, all the best. We'll have a little chat soon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Take. Nice one. Have a, have a nice new year, mate. Take care. Yeah, you too. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Cheerio. Bye. Bye. Okay, welcome back to the Extra Time segment. 
So we've got predictions to go through first, and there's quite a lot of them to go through since the last time we recorded. So I'll start with the Villa game. I went for a 1-1 draw, and you went for a 2-1 Saints win. So two points to you, leaving the scores at that point 38-30. Then came the Chelsea game, and we both predicted 2-0 win for Chelsea. <laughs> so uh, nothing there for us, so let's, the scores stayed the same. Then on to Palace, I went 1-0 Saints, you went 2-0 Saints. So, again, no scores. So that leaves the scores currently 38-30 to you. Great. So yeah, it's um, another two points picked up there. Not massive, but yeah. Uh, And then Super 6. So we've got three rounds to go through. We had round 29 when it was Adam Darlington with 12 points. Round 30 was won by Michael Etheridge with 16 points. And yesterday's round 31 ended with Ben Wyatt scoring 17 points. So now the overall lead is still with Adam Darlington on 262. I'm up to ninth now, though, so I'm clawing it back. Uh, Fantasy football, Kev. OK, I want to start with our Fantasy Podcasters League. Um, yeah, John Bailey's still top with 1080. Uh, I am closing him down with 1048. And your 50 shades of Che, that's uh, 973 points so far for you. Um, lead these you forth. Quick look at our In That Number podcast. I think um, Rashford saved me yesterday, scoring that goal at the end and the assist from Daniel James, so that helps me a little bit, claw back some dignity. Yeah, yeah, I mean, over the last um, few weeks, it's, um, you had a decent haul the week before, 46 points. And the week before that, 53. That's quite solid. Um, yeah, as for me, uh, I haven't had the best week so far this week. I'm on 21 points. Still got a few players to play. Um, obviously, Liverpool, Sheffield United, Wolves, um, none of them have played yet. Uh, last tonight, isn't it? Yeah. Last week, 67 points. But. Um, Unbelievably, look at my bench. Triore, Jimenez, Leno and Target uh, wow. would have scored a combined 36. <laughs> wow. But yeah, um, TAA got your 24 points. Yeah, I maybe should have played my bench boost then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the week before that, 60. So, you know, fairly solid sort of moves. But yeah, Vardy didn't play yesterday. No, I was glad about that. That's like Captain Vardy. Mm. Yeah, who's your vice? Uh, Rat Rashford. Uh-huh. Oh no, is it Sterling? I think I've got Sterling as my vice. What he plays tonight. Mm, okay, so yeah, I'll be looking, looking forward to that. Top of the league, as ever so far this winter, we've got uh, in Ralph We Trust, Stephen McCulloch's team on 1,171. He's racing away with it. Lucy Hynett is, yeah, again, strong as ever. Only 30 or so points behind. Um, yeah, quick look down the table. Lucas Griffiths, Lucas and Hootles 11, uh, Barvier, Gordon Sloan, that's make, making its way up. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's the fantasy book. Okay. Right, I've got some more counties for you. Oh, you don't? I do. And I can see that you're not cheating now, so. Mm. Oh, are you ready for this? Don't look at my paper. Okay. <laughs> are you ready? Okay, mm-hmm. I want all the professional football clubs in Hertfordshire. Oh, in Hertfordshire? Uh, Wickham Wanderers? No. Oh, God. Uh, Watford? Mm-hmm. 
Um, oh, no, Luton's in Bedford too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Stevenage Borough. Okay. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is Stevenage now. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been Stevenage Borough for a bloody long time. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, ready for another one? Okay. West Sussex. Chichester City. Yes. Not professional. I knew you were going to say that. Crawley Town. Crawley Town, yeah. Well, that's just the one. Mm-hmm. Um, and lastly, South Yorkshire. Um, Sheffield, Wednesday and United. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I want to say Darlington. No. Oh, um, Barnsley. Yeah. Huddersfield. No. Oh, then West Yorkshire. Jesus. Mm. Shame on me. Um... Barnsley, Shepherd United, Shepherd Wednesday, Rotherham. Yep, Rotherham, and one more. Doncaster. Yes, Rovers. well done, mm-hmm. excellent. And I can confirm that he did not cheat there. He got those all. So sure. yeah, it's all genuine. Well done, mate. Just what's left of my uh, brains after the Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've seen what you put in your body this this festive period. Yeah. yeah. That was good. Well done. Um, you've got a Russian phrase. Oh, would you like one? I would, yeah. Well, I mean, we don't have to. I mean, just as it's tradition. Any particular themes here? This is our last uh, podcast for the new year. year, I think that's going to be the way it's going to go. Do you remember how we uh, congratulated people with uh, other holidays? Saraj Dispon. Yay. Okay, so, yeah. Um, Just like Merry Christmas... Happy New Year starts with the, because you congratulate people with a, a holiday. So, yes, Snovum Gordon. Snovum Gordon. Mm-hmm. Snovum Gordon. Snovum Gordon. And again, I gave you a universal phrase last time for um, any holiday that's upcoming. Snastupayushim. Yes, Snastupayushim. So you can put them together and get Snastupayushim Novum Gordon. Snastupayashim Northern Gordon. Yeah, that's beautiful. Northern Gordon. Yeah. Snastupayashim Northern Gordon. Tawarishi. Okay. That's it. And until next year. Yeah. Up the Saints. Up the Saints in 2020. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.